Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Brad Crawford, 24-7 Sports. And Brad, it's always good to hear from you, man. Appreciate you joining us. How are you doing this afternoon? John, how are you, man? Doing good, and I know that uh, you know everybody's excited about football starting up, and I know we're going to talk a lot about the SEC with you too, but I want to start with South Carolina. Uh, we had you on a couple months ago, and we were looking at the schedule for Arkansas. This is a game where, for both teams, not to say it's a make-or-break game, but in the second week of the season and the first SEC game for both teams, it's one that could really determine – either team having the difference between a nine-win season or like a six-win season, just depending on how it goes. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, Arkansas opens the season with two very different quality opponents, in my opinion. You know, before the Razorbacks finally get a breather, I think it's against Missouri State in week three. You've got, you know, Cincinnati has a new starting quarterback, and they run an offense similar to Arkansas. And then South Carolina, as you mentioned, more of a pro-style team with finally a quarterback. First time in four or five years, John, that that – the Gamecocks enter a season with a quarterback that they feel really good about, and that's Spencer Rattler. And, and talking to Shane Beamer one-on-one at SEC Media Days, I think he's, I'll, I'll use the phrase, cautiously optimistic. You know, he knows Rattler is going to be a heck of a player for South Carolina, but the biggest question is, you know, will will the offensive line perform? You know, can that two- or three-headed monster running back, can, can they move the football? And then who steps up as, you know, wide receiver one? So, there, there are some questions for South Carolina this season, but I think at quarterback, like I said, for the first time in a half decade, uh, the, the issues are certainly solved with Spencer Rattler. Sounds like a lot of similarities with Arkansas as far as when you were talking about the receivers and who's going to step yeah. up there. But we know that South Carolina has gotten better at quarterback. Where are some other areas that this team has improved? And what's the overall strength of this team? What, what position would you say? Yeah, I was going to say that the, the tight end group in, in Columbia is probably the second best in the SEC behind Georgia. You know, Georgia's got five-star Brock Bowers, Eric Gilbert, the transfer from LSU, Darnell Washington, really three guys who would start anywhere in the country. Look at South Carolina, Jaheim Bell, probably a late first-round pick in the 2023 NFL draft. And, and then, just like Arkansas did, you know, Shane Beamer really cleaned up in the transfer portal. Not, not only did he get Spencer Rattler, but he also got his tight end from Oklahoma, Austin Stogner. So those are two guys that I think South Carolina is going to do a lot of two tight end personnel formations this season, just, just like Arkansas will. So that'll that'll be a game in week two that I think if Arkansas, you know, in, in that three three five that Barry Odom likes to run, Jaheim Bell and Austin Stogner are, are two names that Arkansas fans are going to see a lot of at that tight end position. And speaking of the wide receivers, once again, too, because, you know, we, we talked about both teams are looking for that. You know, the guy that's over there uh, at, at South Carolina, the wide receiver coach, is a former coach that was a wide receiver guy here at Arkansas. So there's a k- good connection there. And, you know, Arkansas was really sad to see him go. And now he's over at South Carolina. Uh, I'm sure doing yeah. some good things. Has he been recruiting at a high level over there as well, just in the two years he's been there? So Justin Steps, uh, certainly a, a fan favorite of. Uh, among everybody in, in and outside of Columbia. You know, he's, he's one of the Gamecock staffers, best recruiters. You know, he, he sort of had his hand in the playbook a bit last season, too. I know Marcus Satterfield is, is the OC for the Gamecocks, and he calls the plays. But um, Justin Stepp, you know, certainly has, uh, has some input there, you know, based on what I've been told. So Gamecocks wide receiving core under, under Stepp obviously has a long way to go. But I think with, with Josh Van probably as that wide receiver one this season, 
and then a couple of transfers that that step kind of hand picked. You got Antoine Wells from James Madison had a 1500 yard year last year, and then they have a kid from Arkansas State and Corey Rucker who's going to play. So, but but by week two, um, you know this, this Gamecock offense, we're, we're not going to know a lot about it. They they open against Georgia State. That's probably a game they win going away, and then you know you go on the road to open SEC play against what I consider to be one of the best defenses the Gamecocks will face all season. Coach Beamer also made some comments about the team being overlooked and possibly being slept on. What's the basis of those comments? We know that they were picked fifth in the uh, SEC East. So uh, yeah. what, what's kind of the basis there? It was a little strange, you know, in, in, in talking to colleagues in Atlanta a couple weeks ago at SEC Media Days, it, it did sort of seem like, you know, media members were, were pretty high on South Carolina with Spencer Rattler. And then the poll came out that Friday as we all went home and media members picked the Gamecocks to finish fifth. You know, I've, I've got them fourth in the East. I've got South Carolina seven and five this season. I think it'll be a very competitive division. But, you know, that, that race of the number two spot behind Georgia is going to come down to Kentucky and Tennessee. Those are two teams that I'm a little bit higher on than South Carolina. I think they're a little more complete, you know, when you break down position by position. So um, Shane Beamer obviously has some bulletin board material to use, though. You know, this is the team that in year one was projected to win, you know, three games by odd makers, and they wound up six and six, and then they won a bowl game against UNC. So um, step in the right direction and, you know, getting past that seven-win mark would be probably a home run this season for Shane Beamer. Well, you mentioned some of the teams in the SEC East. You know, it, Georgia, of course, is going to be the team. It's going to be a force for years to come as long as Kirby Smart's yeah. there. And you got a new coach, Billy Napier, at Florida. Josh Heupel's in his second year. Uh, you know that uh, Mark Stoops has been there forever, Kentucky, but he seems to have established himself. The SEC East is just really fascinating. How do you feel like South Carolina and Shane Beamer fits into that equation in that division over the next five years? I mean, do they have the formula and set up to – maybe be that second team behind Georgia, or is it going to be like a hodgepodge of teams each and every year? Yeah, to be honest, John, when we talk about maybe future scheduling and how the SEC might look four or five years from now, that, that feels like so long, you know, so so far away, man, with realignment and expansion. You know, we might see in two years where when Texas and OU join, we may not have divisions anymore, or we may go to a pod system where you have, you know, 20 total teams with more expansion, and maybe you have, uh, four teams, five pods, or, or you know, you know, vice versa. But this is a a division that I think could be winnable down the road for South Carolina. But like you said, I mean, it, it's it's going to be having to find a way to not not out recruit Georgia, but at least you know, one every three years, you're going to have to beat Georgia in order to win the division. And this season, the Gamecocks do get the Bulldogs in Columbia Week Three, which is the SEC opener for Georgia. And you know, we know that that side of the football for Georgia was so good last year. Defensively, they replaced nine starters, including five first-round picks. So Georgia's defense is going to be elite, I, I can assure you. But you know, Gamecocks do catch them in a good spot at home, and then that's the first SEC game for a lot of those new faces. When we look at Arkansas' schedule, pretty much every year we're looking at games that are 50-50 games that could go either way, and this is oh, one yeah. of them that stands out with Arkansas South Carolina. What are some other games on South Carolina's schedule you see as 50-50 games? Yeah, you know, I've, I've got the, the Gamecocks 7-5, and five, like I said, and that's that's probably with a loss to Arkansas. You know, I, I think there, there's games against, like a home game against Missouri in October is a game that the Gamecocks, you know, they, they've lost four of the last five, I think, against the Tigers, and that, that just can't happen for Shane Beamer to push this program um, 
in the right direction. Lost that game last year at Missouri. That was kind of a black eye, kind of a bad spot for Gamecocks last season. And then at Kentucky, you know, if this Gamecock team really does want to finish in that upper tier of the uh, division, they're going to have to win that road game at Kentucky. And Kentucky's a team, fellas, that I'm, I'm really high on. I think Kentucky can get the 10 wins this season based on scheduling. And, and Will Levis is a guy that I put, you know, right behind Bryce Young, Hendon Hooker, and K.J. Jefferson as that, you know, kind of upper-tier quarterback from the SEC. I know that difficult schedules, no matter what, are happening in the SEC. But, you know, Arkansas, a lot of people vote them as having the most difficult schedule every year. South Carolina, though, you have at Arkansas to start the early part of the year. you got A&M, which is your – uh, you know, your constant uh, Western Division yeah. foe there. You have at Kentucky, you still have Georgia, you still have Tennessee, you still have Florida, and then at Clemson. Uh, I mean, this you look at the schedule there for the Gamecocks, it, it's just one of those things where, you know, and not to say that it's going to be tough to get out of that, but that, that to me has to be one of the most difficult schedules in the country as well. Yeah, I was, I was telling uh, some, some Gamecock guys I know in, in Atlanta at Media Days that, you know, very seriously, the, the South Carolina team could start the season 0-4 in SEC play and, and still get to a bowl game as a pretty decent team. That, that's, that's how tough the schedule is. Like you mentioned, at Arkansas and Georgia, those are the first two SEC games, and then at Kentucky and A&M. You know, the, the Gamecocks are probably going to be at least a touchdown underdog in, in all four of those games. And that if, if you follow this program closely as I have, you know, Gamecocks don't win a lot of games outright as an underdog. And, and in Arkansas, either they're they're two very similar programs, so I think it'll be very interesting to see if the Gamecocks do kind of stub their toe early and and start winless in the SEC through the first couple of weeks. You know, will Shane Beamer be able to rally this team the way he did last season with those late season wins against Auburn and Florida? How do you see Arkansas' season? We know that they were voted third in the SEC West, and uh, you you mentioned that you would give them the edge in this game with South Car- with South Carolina. But overall, yeah. how do you see Arkansas? Yeah, so I, I was one of the few media members who picked Arkansas to finish second in the SEC West. I'm, I'm a much higher on, on the Hogs than I am Texas A&M. I don't, I don't think Jimbo Fisher has shown enough the first four or five years in College Station to warrant all this preseason top ten love that he seems to get every year. You know, he he had that one year where he, he almost made the playoff, and every other season has been seven and seven and five, eight and four, despite having a better record than probably 90% of the schedule. But I, I like what Arkansas did this offseason. You know, they shored up some, some wide receiver holes with a two, two major impact transfers, in my opinion. And then, and then Drew Sanders is going to be a guy that really is a, a, a versatile pass rusher. He's going to play linebacker at Arkansas from, from Alabama, former five-star. Um, he's going to be a, a instant impact transfer. But I've, I've told some of our Bama reporters, man, that this is Alabama's toughest road schedule and, and probably Nick Saban's tenure. And I really think that game against the Hogs in Fayetteville on October 1st is going to be a potential loss for Alabama. You mentioned being high on Kentucky also. So between Arkansas and Kentucky, who, who has the edge there? Yeah, if, if I had to bet everything on one of those two teams winning 10 games, it would be Kentucky, even though I like Arkansas's roster better, if that makes sense. I, I just think the Arkansas schedule is – uh, more maybe maybe twice as brutal as Kentucky. You know, Kentucky does not play Alabama. Um, you know, it's it's two Western games. I think are against Ole Miss and Mississippi State. And if you have to play two teams from the West, you know, besides Auburn, those are probably the two teams you want to play. So Arkansas is a team that I think finishes nine and three. Uh, does does get the second in that West, but 
Um, Kentucky's ceiling is just a little bit higher based on scheduling. So I know it's kind of hard to also look into a crystal ball, but based off of what you said about Arkansas and say if they did that this year, uh, I mean, what does that become some sort of expectation? Because it's one thing if you have a great, like a nine-win season for one year, but yeah. if you have back-to-back nine wins, or in this case, if they won the bowl game next, this upcoming year, ten wins, does that suddenly set the precedent and set the expectation for Sam Pittman's program at Arkansas? You know, I, I think I think Sam Pittman and Faye feels a lot like Shane Beamer in in Columbia. If if both those coaches can can average, say, you know, eight or nine win regular seasons the next four to five years, I, I mean, they're going to be employed as long as they want to at those respective programs. You know, Arkansas and South Carolina, they're, they're, they've both had recent, you know, facility enhancements. They're, they're obviously pumping a lot of money in, in, into NIL, maybe not as much as A&M in Alabama, but those, both those coaches understand how important that is. And then uh, Sam and Shane have both, you know, kind of tapped the transfer portal and uh, filled filled much needed holes with with guys, and they, they've done a great job recruiting so far. So, does it set the expectation higher? Yes, it always does. If if you're able to beat Alabama during the regular season, of course your fans are going to think that you're you know SEC title contenders annually. So, um, but you know Sam Pittman, he's been a great hire, and I think I think Shane Beamer has as well. How has Shane Beamer been received overall from the fans? We know that South Carolina finished the season strong last year, so there was a buildup of excitement going into this year. But from the time he got there, what was it like for uh, the fans and Shane Beamer? Yeah, I think if you ask a fan right now versus maybe you know two days after he was hired, I mean, the, the Gamecocks just landed three three four star commits for twenty twenty three over the last five days, and you know that that that's all Shane Beamer's doing. He's He's doing a really good job on the recruiting trail, but you know it, it was sort of a head-scratching hire, in my opinion. You know, it's it, you you pay Will Muschamp fifteen million dollars to um, leave Columbia and say get away, and then you kind of go with with the kind of economical choice and Shane Beamer, former Gamecock assistant, but first-year head coach. And and look, fellas, we know from experience and from past history, rookie head coaches do not last for the most part in the SEC. So I, I think it'll be very interesting to see, you know, just how Shane Beamer's career trajectory goes from here after uh, really surprising a lot of us, including myself, in year one. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing that uh, how, how it's just already gone so fast, especially uh, yeah. for South Carolina and, and where they're at in this position, too. And I, I'm just curious because we know there's going to be Oklahoma and Texas coming into the conference, realignment, all that stuff's going to happen. South Carolina plays A&M every single year, used to play Arkansas every single year. Do Gamecock fans want to keep that as like a permanent opponent, or do they really care? Do they have a preference on who they'd like to play each and every year in the conference? It takes us a, I mean, a, a a perennial top ten team, and and the way A and M is recruiting right now, John. I mean, they're they're lapping the field of teams not named Alabama and Georgia, and that and that goes for the you know every every elite program, not just SEC teams. So, um, I don't I don't think Shane Beamer wants nine more years of A and M. The Gamecocks have not beaten A&M thus far since the Aggies entered the SEC, and that was 2012. So, I mean, that's, that's been an automatic loss for, for uh, 10 years now for the Gamecocks. So if, if they do um, if they do away with permanent, you know, divisional, cross-divisional opponents, that's, that's probably in South Carolina's best, best interest. <laughs> hey, sometimes it's about the schedule, man. Arkansas fans right. are all about Always. that. All about that, man. Well, Brad... Really appreciate you jumping on with us, man. Talk a little South Carolina. Enjoy fall camp, and I'm sure we'll be catching up with you the week of uh, Arkansas-South Carolina coming up in September. Thanks a lot, guys. Looking forward to it.